So many of us struggle into premature old age or middle age and, and get dispirited. Um, just like we hate our jobs, we want to quit. Um, I, I, I don't place myself in that category, by the way, and, um, and found a beverage brand. Um, but um, some people um, are more proactive and, and, and do it at the age of, of 19 or even 20. And that's the situation with um, Chris Hannaway, um, now of Overly, who, who got a yogurt brand onto the shelves at, um, of, of Sainsbury's, um, large UK grocery retailer at the age of, of 19. Um, Chris, welcome. Um, can you tell me a little Thank bit you. about <laughs> thanks. Can you tell me a little bit about your, your background and um, you know why you, why you decided to, to, to um, get into fast moving consumer goods at university? Yeah, um, so uh, I've always been in business with my sort of best friend Will. Uh, we've known each other since we were about 11, went to school together up in Yorkshire, and then um, ended up going to the same university together in Bath. Um, we've sort of done that kind of classic thing of we used to sell sweets together at school, and then when we went to university, we started selling uh, clothes sort of online, just on eBay and that kind of thing. Lots of people have done it. And then kind of stumbled into consumer goods um, through uh, basically an ice cream machine that Will had got for Christmas. We started playing around with it in the kitchen like we had been doing with kind of all kinds of cooking and that sort of thing. Um, people seem to love the, the frozen yogurt that we were making from it and uh, basically entered the product into a competition which we then sort of subsequently won a few few thousand pounds in. And when we won that, we were like, okay, we've got to, got to do something with this now. So, yeah, we decided to launch it. Um, we always had, I think, quite lofty ambitions for it, whereas our friends kind of thought it was this kind of enterprise kind of competition something that we were just messing about with. I think when we did start working on it, we always had the ambition of launching it into a supermarket. And then, I don't know, 18 months, two years later, we sort of got it into Sainsbury's. So, Mm. yeah, it was great. Mm. And at at such a young age, I mean, how how was it kind of dealing with, um, because I don't want to upset supermarket buyers, but, um, you know, business people can be quite quite bullish and maybe, you know, you you went into it um, all wide-eyed and innocent. Yeah, I think um, I think it has its positives and its negatives. So, you know, your positives you can really play up your own story. People find it quite unique. It's a it's a break in their day when they've got not another blue suit coming into the room. It's 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 two guys who are <laughs> sort of spotty teenagers or like fresh faced young guys or whatever. Uh, it's a bit it's a bit different for them, which is good. Um, yeah. On the other hand, possibly they some people will look to take you for a ride, and I think. That happened to us a few times, but was kind of all part of our our learning experience. So we tried to play up the, you know, the the benefits of it, our, our youth and, and that kind of freshness. Um, and actually, we found the supermarket buyers were probably some of the best ones to deal with. Um, we got our Sainsbury's listing through initially someone off uh, my course, having done a, a placement at Sainsbury's in the buying team, giving us someone's number. But I mean, that was only a starting point. Uh, we then ended up um, finding out that Justin King had, had previously gone to our university and done my exact course. And so we guessed his email address, emailed him. And, uh, yeah, it meant actually the, the buyer had just changed over. And by the time the new buyer had come in, we'd already met her boss and had um, some email sort of support generally from Justin King. So 
I don't think she could really say no at that point. Um, so yeah, we were in, in quite a good position. I don't think we'd have been if we'd have, you know, not had some of those connections or, or that kind of uniqueness, really. Okay. What, what was that brand called, Chris? And, and why did um, why did you exit uh, the exciting world of, of frozen yogurt in the end? Yeah. So it was called Arctic Farm. So that was selling. Um, we sold it initially into sort of the whole brand started out of our, our you know kitchen. We thought we'd seen frozen yogurt do really well in the US and thought that you know obviously ice cream is kind of unhealthy this had kind of half the calories and that kind of thing and was all natural um got it into into Sainsbury's we're selling well there for a, a, a year we never raised um any investment on the on the brand I think that was I mean I think in terms of our whole year in Sainsbury's I think we spent around about a thousand pounds on marketing everything was very kind of low budget that kind of thing and it, and it sold well our, our problems really came more from a kind of a an operations and um kind of manufacturing point of view so we went through a, a few different manufacturers trying to get the, the sort of the margin right and you know having those relationships right and I think we learned a lot from that sort of time and it, you know we ended up sort of coming out of there um, because of a deal going wrong with one of the very large uh, ice cream manufacturers um, and we'd sort of gone down the route of trying to license or they initially proposed licensing our brand which looked like a very attractive proposition to us kind of you know probably 20 21 year olds at the time having a, a huge uh, ice cream manufacturer wanting to kind of give you yeah. give you money every month for not doing very much um, but yeah I guess there was some naivety at play there we, we also I think got um, a bit screwed over by those guys but you know, we learned a lot from that. Um, basically, once that deal went south, we we were kind of um, in a position where we hadn't raised any money, and so our, our alternative was to go back to, you know, having to, you know, fund the business properly ourselves, which would have taken quite a lot of um, uh, money raising and that kind of thing. And uh, yeah, we just sort of decided decided to take a little step back. Um, we had some other ideas and that kind of thing and yeah that's, that's kind of what happened I mean we didn't everything we didn't come out with any uh, sort of losses or debts or anything it was completely clean exit and yeah it was just one of those learning experiences I guess okay so you, you, t- you took those learnings and um, I mean you're, you're, you you did that at the tender age of, of 19, 20 you're now um, the not so tender age of, of, yeah. of 24 um, yeah. so w- what have you done in the meantime and, and, and now you're launching a, a beverage brand uh, specifically a sports drink called, called Overly um, yeah. why did you decide to go into beverages so uh, well so after um, the Arctic Farm experience I went and worked for Jordan Cereals for about nine months um, and it was sort of that time where we were kind of looking to raise money initially on the frozen yogurt um, but then as we actually raised the money we, we sort of developed an idea for a nice tea uh, alongside it and um, we managed to raise that money to launch a nice tea so I left Jordan's with the aim of getting into the world of beverages I think we saw iced tea in a similar kind of position as frozen yogurt had been in that not just that they were taking a regular product and making it a bit colder but um, sort of had done really well in the US um, you know was, was a kind of a healthier option for many of those out there kind of played on natural cues um, 
kind of similar kind of bracket and we, uh, even just the time that I'd been at Jordan's we'd seen how much frozen yogurt had come on and we really thought there was an even bigger gap in iced tea mm. so uh, we raised some initial kind of funding to basically go off and research and uh, develop a, an iced tea product um, and, and so we, we were doing that probably for, for six months um, to a year where um, we hadn't raised enough funding to to actually launch it, um, and by the time we actually did raise that money, we we then sort of had another change of heart. Um, basically, having worked in on this IT project, uh, it was called Tukin for a year. Um, by the end of that year, we sort of started to realise that, and from what we believed, all the feedback we were getting was that tea. Um, as much as we wanted it not to be the case, wasn't really doable on a large scale in the UK. Um, we found that tea being cold was more of a lead weight around our ankle rather than a mm. kind of a, a dynamic category that uh, was kind of moving forward. And so, yeah, we, I guess we decided to, I don't like the term, but to pivot into something a bit, a bit different. Um, I guess it was our experience in the beverage category that kind of gave us inkling that this was more of a dynamic category, one that I think we're a bit more passionate about. Um, the target consumer was more uh, guys like ourselves, and so whereas with the tea, it's probably more of a going to be more of a female skewed target. And and so I think yeah, I think it was the combination of seeing the market. Um, you know, having having probably a bit more passion about it, and and really seeing the the brand more resonate with ourselves, that um, made us move into sports drinks. Really. Okay, and um, I mean, uh, overly. It's 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 a sports drink as you, as you just said. Yeah. We, we, yeah. we were both recently at an event in London called Drinkpreneur and, and uh, yeah. an incubator for startups, for beverage startups. And there, there was a Tesco um, buyer there who, who a soft drinks buyer who wasn't particularly positive about the category and you know name checked, um, you know the, the brands we all know that have, have got a bit a bit of a bad rap with some artificial ingredients and um, yeah. and, and and also. Um, you know the, the fact that they're seen as um well you've got you've got a great phrase yourself actually um you know more 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 fluorescent than a magaluf strip yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Uh, i mean do, do, you, do you think that that kind of criticism of the category is is misguided and and what what are you trying to do that's different yeah i think i think everyone reads data or um market trends kind of differently and, uh, and i respect david's opinion on that and it's up to us to kind of to drive some change and, and, and get and get people like him to see it in a new new light. I think we see the fact that mainstream sports drinks and the, those brands um, seemingly kind of in decline for the last few years as, as an opportunity to to kind of change uh, people's opinions and, and, and react in a way that says, well, people aren't uh, taking to these. Um, so uh, as well as they're used to, they're realising they want something else, and, and we, we've taken that as an opportunity to kind of give them what we believe they want, which is, um, you know, after you work out or after you've played a game of five aside, or you know, in the lead up to that, you, you, you don't want to treat your your body to to artificial sweeteners and artificial colours and flavours and that kind of thing, um, and something that doesn't really taste, we believe, that great. 
you know, it kind of looks, as you said, can look like a bottle of antifreeze a lot of, a lot of the time. Um, we think you want something that tastes amazing, that, you know, is all natural and has really got um, a lot going for it in terms of um, the kind of potassium levels and uh, of, of a coconut water and vitamins and that kind of thing mm. to really give you a, you know, a better um, experience. And that's what we, you know, that's why we set up um, Overly and that's what, what we're all about. So you're, you're, you're piggybacking the, the coconut water um, category yeah. slightly because you've got, I think you've got 10% coconut water, is it? Yeah, 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 yeah that's right. Yeah. Um, and obviously, um, you know, um, brands such as such as Vita Coco are uh, mm. you know, trumpeting the benefits of coconut water in, as a sports um, sports fluid, um, but, but yeah. has a bit of a, a bit more of a, a lifestyle positioning. I mean, how does Overly differ? So, I mean, we, you know, obviously, uh, Vice Coco has done extremely well over the last few years, and um, coconut water has exploded. There's a, a shed load of brands entering coconut water. Um, in terms of sports drinks, we've seen that people are using coconut water as um, more of a natural sports drink. Um, I think I'd be right in saying that coconut water only really has a household penetration of something like 0.2% in the UK and we find that a lot of people are put off by its, its taste um, even even some of the flavoured ones um, aren't exciting a lot of people and uh, also they're marketing a lot of the time the fact that they've used Rihanna in you know, historically heavily and that kind of thing has, has given it maybe a, a slight more female female ski so we kind of targeted um, overly in terms of the the flavor of the product of being more of a mainstream premium flavor mainstream in that it's kind of um, probably more palatable to a larger audience Um, premium in terms of the flavors and and juices and stuff that we've used with with um, you know we've got a berry a tropical uh, which is a pineapple and lime and an orange and that kind of thing Um, and so we're trying to open up um, coconut water, I guess, or the properties of coconut water and that kind of thing to a wider audience. We're making it slightly more male-orientated, so uh, with the branding and that kind of thing. And we're kind of positioning it, I guess, between a sports drink, um, a regular sports drink, and a coconut water. Okay. And, I mean, at the, the Drinkpreneur event in London, you, yeah. you, you and Will turned up in preppy blue bra- bla- blazers, you know, which, yeah. is, which is quite fun. Your wear's not mine. <laughs> but, yeah, yeah. yeah. But, you know, the, the, the brand, I mean, I suppose, you know, spearheaded by, by your youth, that you, you've, yeah. you had a youthful, popular vibe, and it did seem that you were aiming at young men principally. Um, yeah. But, I mean, even though, just explain to me, I mean, the, the brand is called Overly, and you promise yeah. um, extra extra vitamins and, and electrolytes. There's a slight sort of um, extremeness there in the way that the yeah. drink is, is positioned. But then when we were talking, and, and, and also, you know, it comes out in the packaging of the drink, you, you're perhaps not um, targeting, you know, the chartered accountants turned ultra-marathon runners. It is, no, it yeah. is more of a mainstream proposition yeah definitely I mean we 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 were quite careful about I mean that so it's called overly because we believe anything worth doing is worth overdoing um it's it's kind of a promise of us beating expectations and kind of excess in a way um Hmm. so you know (laughs) 
We don't, and, and it's kind of a lean towards a, a humour that we find within our own personalities and within our friends and kind of this element of kind of excess. And we, so we're targeting it at ambitious young guys, we think, but we're not doing it in a, in a kind of a dry, serious way that we think that most sports or sports nutrition brands on the whole do it. And we think that there's a really op- a good opportunity to stand out with some, um, some sort of slightly over-the-top humour, the kind of uh, likes we see in male grooming brands. So we think Old Spice, for example, have done it really well. You see in, in gambling, the likes of Paddy Power or whoever, um, really connecting with our kind of roughly our, our target consumer, young ambitious guys in that way because we don't we don't think that in this day and age um, people like us always want to see on a on a kind of a sports nutrition product it doesn't have to be those rippling abs or, or whatever I think some ability to make fun of yourself um, can show your own self confidence in your product rather than you know, always feeling the need to, to justify yourself. Um, mm. So that's why we've done it, really. Yeah, do you reckon you've got a, a hipster hipster product there? Everyone's <laughs> 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 um, talking about hipsters. Apparently beards aren't in anymore, so I'm glad. I can uh, I, no, I'll <laughs> leave that to the, uh, the cyclist chartered accountants, I think. I think they're, they're the ones now moving into that. <laughs> no, I don't, I, I don't know. I think... I think you always have to try and um, with with any kind of natural or new kind of product premium products you have to get on the uh, on the fringes and on the edges and if that means the hipsters are taking to it then that would be great but yeah I think uh, on the whole you know we're not we're not we're not ashamed to be um, to be bold and to be uh, to be brash and yeah, we'll, we'll welcome anyone within our sort of our ambitious young guy sort of target audience, really. Okay, fair enough. Um, so, I mean, you, you entered Drinkpreneur. Um, I mean, what what did you take? What learnings did you take from from that event? And I think you, you produced your first production batch of of the product for that show. Um, where have you gone since, and, and what progress are you making with with listings, etc.? Yeah, so I mean that was a good, that was a good show. So I mean it, it worked out for us in the sense that our first production run anyway was um, in sort of on the continent the day before, <laughs> as these things do. It, it kind of overran, and I think we left uh, we left uh, the factory at about 7 p.m. Got into London at about 3 a.m. the next the day of Drinkpreneur in the car with all our stock. Dropped some of it off at the hotel. I think Will got home at about 5 a.m. Um, and a, a couple of hours kip, and then yeah, over to to drink Pernod. And that was just a really good good chance for us to, you know, it's the first time in in quite a few years that we've had a a fully produced, you know, con- packaged consumer good in its proper packaging and everything like that. So that was exciting for us, and it meant that we could you know, get it out and get a few people trying and that kind of thing. I thought, the, you know, the event was, was really good. I think that, um, it, you know, it's, it's a great event to have. Um, I think a lot more of that stuff seems to go on in the U.S., um, for example, and I think, you know, they do a g- really good job of it over there, and I think just to get everyone together in one room is, is great. Um, so, yeah, that was that was probably about a month ago, a month ago now. So we had our first sort of lot of product then. Uh, obviously now hard on the kind of the listings game. 
um, been getting samples and products out to retailers and wholesalers and that kind of thing. Really happy now that we've got our sort of our top two wholesalers that we wanted uh, on listing the products, um, and now got some listings sort of lined up. Uh, Planet Organic, uh, we should be going into in the, in the next sort of week or two, um, and, and some others. So yeah, we'll be continuing to, to roll that out and and yeah, just build it up through London in the natural and speciality kind of field. Um, look to we'll look to potentially you know evolve the product as we get more feedback and yeah we've been really happy with it so far okay and um it, i mean it seems that your 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 um your overlies uh, to take a world cup um an analogy maybe your your overlies version of neymar um for, for the brazilian <laughs> team and um and will is well, i'm not going to say david luis that wouldn't be fair but um you, your partner will is um pretty active in the back office uh, well, we, to be honest, we both do. Yeah, we both do a lot of front end uh, stuff as well. So you know, we, it's, as, as with any of these things, um, you know, uh, we both kind of muck in everywhere. But certainly, uh, that'd be. I, I wouldn't want to be too disingenuous because Will does a, uh, an absolutely great job on kind of all areas of the business and, and the branding and and the uh, that side of it is is a, you know probably as much, just as much influence um, from him as me and. Uh, I'm very thankful that he does a lot of the dirty work that I just could never do, and he's and he's really good at that. Okay, well, well, um, thanks for all those insights, um, Chris, and you know, really appreciate you uh, you uh, joining me on the. No on the problem. Today. Thanks, thanks for uh, thanks for inviting me. Yeah, cheers. Thanks. Take care. All right, cheers, Ben. Thanks. Bye.